Wonder how that woman came up with her cool idea and turned it into a business? Listen in to find out how. Welcome to Women Inspired. I'm your host, Linda Ugolo. And on this show, I speak with women and a few cool dudes, all of them change makers, artists, healers, and entrepreneurs about what fires them up and how they put their dreams into action. And I'm excited today to have as my host a speech and language pathologist and therapist. Her name is Karen Aston. Welcome. Thank you very much, Linda. This is fantastic. I'm really excited to you know, get to know you more and your work because as a presentation coach myself, I know that people have a lot of feelings about the sound of their voice. Yes, they do. A ton of feelings about their voice, even sometimes myself, so I understand totally. Uh-huh. What are some of the things that people come to you for in your work? And my work is pretty direct in that I primarily work with people that have foreign accents. Um, so they're not so much worried about the voice or the vocal part. They're worried about their pronunciation, clarity, and being understood. Every once in a while, I do get someone that thinks they maybe sound too feminine or they're too quiet. So that would be a vocal or a voice part. But I kind of just stick with the clarity and being heard, being understood. Mm -hmm. So that's what people who have English as a second language. Primarily English as a second language or they're born in another country or maybe even in the U.S. with a very regionalized accent or dialect. And maybe they're moving somewhere very specific accented or that sort of area that they are having trouble with jobs or people understanding them and so they they come to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how did you get into this? This is so fun. <laughs> um, so I went to school to be a speech and language pathologist. Um, I'm really passionate about working with people and being with people and um, my goal was therapy, working with pediatrics and geriatrics and along the way, I was originally from Boston, and I went to graduate school in southern Georgia. And in Georgia, they do pronounce their R. They don't say ka, they say car. And it was a big deal that I couldn't work with students and people that needed to learn how to pronounce their R from that region. And so I had to go through something called accent modification or accent reduction. And so I started that, and then I started seeing clients in the clinic that were doctors or professors from other countries that maybe their patients weren't understanding them or maybe their students were having difficulty in the class structure because of the sounds. And so I started working with them on the side and it sort of grew into a really passionate, really fun, always fun uh, business but, or adventure, I can call it too. When you say f that's intriguing, like I was, because I would think, oh, people would be frustrated and they'd feel maybe bad about themselves, but you said it's fun. To me, it is a blast. Actually, I haven't worked in any position or any job in my career that I was like, oh God, how am I gonna get out of bed in the morning? So I do feel that I'm, I'm well fit in the career. But as far as fun with accents or speech, um, they learn fast. They're ambitious, they're motivated. A lot of it has to do with their jobs. They're getting a job, they're leading a team, um, they have patients or they're passionate about their own fields. And when they get a sound, it's like, all of a sudden, it's like a workout. They're like, yes, I dunked the basketball. And it's like a celebration. And they're just like, I can't believe I finally did that. And I've been working towards that R, that L, this whole week. And I've felt silly. I felt out of place. But when they get it, they're like, oh my gosh, I like just did that. And it's, it's, to me, I'm like, yeah, 
yes, you did it. And so it's, it's fun. Uh, to me, it's very fun. Uh -huh. How long does it take to learn to pronounce like an L or an R? I know that uh, maybe for Japanese people, it's, that's one of those tricky places. It is, and it definitely comes a lot with awareness. Um, I was talking with a client today who she can say N perfectly. So she can say N, and she's like, but I'm never going to get L. And I thought, well, where you make the N is where you make the L, oh, and she was like, oh my gosh, and then she just got it. So it depends on the awareness, whether it's the auditory or the actual musculature, how it feels mm -hmm. and how it's pushed out, um, but it can take a range. Some sounds in a session, a client gets it, and they're running around, they're saying all the words that they've had trouble with or what have sentences, companies, their clients' names, um, but sometimes it takes a week or so. So I always work on the sound. Sound is the most basic. If it's an L and I can't say L, I, um, I have to work on where the tongue goes, where the sound goes. But if I have that, then we put it in the word in the front, the word in the back, in sentences. What do you mean the front and the back? Ah, great question. So if I'm going to have the word lollipop, I can start off and put my tongue exactly where it needs to be and then say, lollipop if I had to. But if it's the word ball, I'm coming from the B, which is the front, the A, which is in the back, and then I have to get my tongue to where it needs to be, which is more tricky. Even though it's a smaller word, it's a lot trickier than starting off in the front. So we kind of work in areas of complexity. It kind of mm -hmm. seems so simple. It's one or two syllable word, but uh, people that your mouth physically can't do it, it's hard. It's a hard start. It's like doing a push-up for the first time. I can raise my hand quickly and say, I'm not really good at that. It's gonna take me a good while to get my arms in the right position, my muscles, my breathing, my core. Yeah, and I was gonna I say it's it. almost like oral gymnastics. It is, I actually <laughs> call it the Olympics a lot. I'm like, all right, we got vowel Olympics today. <laughs> <laughs> vowel Olympics. You know, just doing all of the little things that they need to do. Uh-huh, yeah, what you're really creating are new neural pathways. Yes. So muscle memory is so cool, I think, maybe nerd alert a little bit, but you know, when, well, you and I are both wearing dresses today, but when we get up in the morning and we're going to put our pants on and we lift a particular leg to put our leg in there, it's probably always the exact same leg. If I was going to switch the leg, I'm going to feel a little awkward. I might fall. I might wobble. But if I kept doing that every single day, I'm going to be able to switch my leg fine. I would have retaught my muscle memory what to do going up the stairs, going down the stairs, we all have a pattern. Whether we put our left arm in our shirt or our right arm, we just have this system. So once our muscle learns the placement, the way to go, how it feels, where the natural sweet spot is, then we can work towards that. Mm -hmm. So it is a little science-y, but um, most people understand, like, I go up the stairs every day. I don't ever think about it, so, and they kind of go from there. Mm -hmm. That's neat. It is, it's super fun. And once they kind of move in the direction, sometimes it is tough because their language could be a back language or a front language, or they don't use their tongue in that particular way. So what's a back language and what's a front language? So a great example is my client today. Um, she natively speaks Mandarin. And so she is able to make the NG, what we would call the ING or the ING, in the front of a word. Starting off for me, I'm like, mm, we're pushing back, we're pushing back. So when I make the NG, like as in running, there's an N sound, 
but I don't have my tongue up touching the top of my mouth. We just kind of leave it and we kind of only leave it in the back or in the middle of our word. So her sound, every time it's a short I, like it or in, let's say, super small word. But she says eh and she says ing, ing, because her muscles are so strong, they just take over and they won't relax or they won't let her make that shorter vowel. So bringing her to that area is a difficult spot, whereas bringing her to her lips and rounding for a W, even in the number one, yes, it's spelt with an O, but we round our lips like a W, it's really hard, or would. So having her move her muscles forward is a, a difficult spot for her. Okay, so Mandarin would be considered more of a back? Yeah, they have front and back sounds, but just the way we're putting the placement feels unnatural, just like mm -hmm. we have the ing in our language all the time, mm -hmm. but starting in the front feels unnatural to mm -hmm. us. We can do it, we just have to like think about it, think about it. Yeah, uh, it reminds me of um, being in middle school learning French. Oh gosh. And it, everything was so much in the front of my mouth and my lips had to be forward and I couldn't allow myself to do that. Yes. <laughs> That's a great, a fantastic <laughs> example. But I can do it now, but as a teenager, it's like, ah, no, I won't do that. And you're in front of the mirror, and you're like, gosh, why can't I get this? <laughs> and also, it just felt a little sensual or sexual and um, in, my, in connotation for me. No, it, it's not for the French. I mean, that's their language. Right. But for, for me to purse my lips felt suggestive. That's so interesting. I have a client that um, most clients have difficulty with the TH and you have to put your tongue out and um, we don't realize how obscure it is to stick your tongue out towards somebody or move your tongue out outside of your teeth and it, to other people are like, are you sure? <laughs> do I really have this. to do that? <laughs> this is so impolite. There's no way. And I'm like, gotta <laughs> just do it. You'll be okay. It's going to work out. And they're like, no, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> so it's the same probably feeling. They're like, this yeah. is inappropriate. Right, right. Oh, it's fascinating, isn't it? Languages are fascinating, yeah. beautiful, and I think they're super cool. Yeah. So. I remember being in Greece and feeling kind of at home with the THs because they have, that's yes. where the THs come from, the THA and the THE. They have both of them. And you're like, I got this. Yes. <laughs> Maybe I'll learn Greek. <laughs> uh, here it's a word on the street. It's a little tough. <laughs> but I think if you, if you do learn Greek, you can learn a lot of other languages piggybacked off that. Mm -hmm. Your SAT scores would go through the mm -hmm. roof if you wanted to retake them. Well, as an adult, <laughs> I've learned Hungarian. No yeah. way. Yeah, because my husband is Hungarian. But although I started to learn it before I met him. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I have um, a couple Hungarian clients, and every time they talk about things and like the way that they can change their sentence structure, I think, wow, I'm pretty good with grammar. But I'm not sure I'd be real good with that. Well, that's one of the other fascinating aspects. I mean, this is getting a little off topic, I know, but just how languages are constructed mentally mm -hmm. in different ways. Like in German, you have to wait for the whole sentence to happen before you find the verb. Correct. And I remember finding that very challenging because we, as English speakers, we put it very close to the front. And we, it's hard to shake what you know because yeah. it's so natural. It's like breathing. Yeah. It's like when you have to slow down your breathing yeah. and you have to think about it. It's really difficult. Yeah. So have you always worked with um, accent reduction or have you worked in other ways with speech? 
speech. I've done um, both pediatrics and geriatrics. We would say they're kind of the primary. Um, we adults as a our age, it's usually something traumatic that happens. So I have focused on um, school age children. So they're learning the sound, also learning the musculature. Um, sometimes it's something that happened and they're unable to get the muscle. So then you build the muscle up. And then geriatrics um, is more cognitive, swallow therapy, um, and then as well as head and neck cancer as well. They have difficulties from chemo or surgeries. There's so many little muscles and little nerves that can be um, problematic after anything that happens, any insult or injury to them. So it kind of grew on the muscle field for me, which is why grazing over into accent is very, very easy for me. I can hear it, the difference, I can see the difference, I can see where there's strength or weaknesses, I can see where the, the physics of air is not working out properly. So it helps a lot having worked in the true um, rehab setting, in the true muscle weakness or paralysis too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually went to a speech therapist as a child. Oh wow, what sounds? Yeah. Do you remember? What, what? what sounds or what patterns did you have trouble with? Uh, well, I had a tongue thrust. Okay. Uh, for people who don't know what that is, <laughs> some people suck their thumb, mm -hmm. and I sucked my tongue. So my tongue would push forward out of my mouth, and I'd suck on it. It would be. So you had a strong tongue muscle, at least. I had a strong tongue muscle, but I needed to be taught how to swallow and how to. Um, my tongue was very lazy. It felt very thick. When I used to listen to myself on recording, it sounded like I was slurring my words. Oh, okay. I couldn't, my tongue just wouldn't move quickly. It was not toned. So you had yeah. to go through all that, those muscle la, 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 yeah. la, 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 ta, 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 We did a lot of those things, yeah. Which is heavy in, in the rehab world, whether it's um, more medical-centered because of the swallow, especially the same muscles we use to speak are the muscles we use to eat and swallow. Mm -hmm which are, you know, pretty dangerous if you're swallowing and obviously having things go down the wrong way. So it's a different kind of uh, lifestyle of work, I would say now. Yeah. Much different. Yeah. So back to the accent reduction. Mm -hmm. um, how long will somebody generally work with you for in order to feel like they've achieved some milestone? I do have a range, but in order to feel like they've achieved a milestone, meaning something they noticed, um, they notice a difference first session. They notice something the first, se the first session. They feel, are you sure it's supposed to be there? Oh, I've been putting my tongue here. So it's immediate and they notice they were doing something differently than they do now. Um, as far as having others notice, whoa, you pronounce my name differently or you know something that's personal that they've picked up on. It's usually between session five and eight. Um, but if they're true English as a second language, it's usually about 12 to 14 sessions that I introduce all the sounds they need. Whether it's super small, like pa to ba, or whether it's literally putting that TH in there and like rerouting their whole muscle. Um, it's a range of complexity, we can say. So it's usually about 12 to 14 sessions that they get the introduction. And some people choose to practice on their own, but I've had some clients that have had since I just graduated, that I still have them and I still work with them and they have kind of grown up in their ranks of, um, they used to just be a computer programmer and then they were the lead engineer on the team and now they're the um, 
chief technical officer of their startup or their big division and they've kind of grown as leaders and so they have presentations instead of just being understood by their coworkers and they're going to TED Talks and they're presenting at Google and there's a bigger, like they kind of grow. So, so these are the outcomes mm -hmm. and the results of accent reduction is that they have more opportunities, they, they're able to take on more responsibilities in, yeah. of leadership. And I think also confidence. I think that's maybe part of it too. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily that someone wasn't willing to take them seriously, although I do hear that a lot with um, consultations or people I'm meeting for the first time. Their reasoning is that they don't feel like people are respecting them. They don't feel like they're being taken seriously or that they're being understood. They're sick of repeating themselves. Um, so those are sort of the beginner things I hear. But for a lot of clients that I've had for a while, it is confidence. And it is, you know, maybe they had trouble with P and they can say pop perfectly. It's one syllable, done. But what about appropriately? It has two Ps too. It's so much more complex. So they're able to grow in, in that sort of area. Or now they're talking about, I don't know, scaling PHP and they have two Ps and there's an H in the middle and they're now pitching it to other startups that they're, you know, vesting and that sort of thing. So they're it is more complex, but I do think it has to do with confidence. Mm -hmm. I feel like they can do it now, and they go after that job or that position. Mm -hmm. Or that TED Talk. Yeah, or that TED Talk. They yeah. sign up, or maybe a friend signs them up, and they're like, oh, God, I'm accepted. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they have a lot of cool stories, and they have a lot of cool life experiences, too. Uh-huh. That's so cool. So about the business side of this. Yes. So you say you just recently came to the Boston area. I did. I'm a new kid. You're a new kid on the block. I am. So what does that mean in terms of moving a business like this? Like, what, what, what has that been like? You know, honestly, I thought it would be easy. So I moved from South Carolina to San Francisco, and that made my business explode. It really did. I went from meeting with doctors and people in their offices to San Francisco was like, let's just do it all online. Yeah, you come into my office at Google or Adobe or Facebook, but it's so much easier if I don't have to leave my desk. And so I changed my model and I started working with people specifically online with my headsets and my Skype or Zoom. And it was, it was fantastic. Came to Boston thinking it would be similar. And Boston's very much like, where's your office? Am I going to meet you? You want to do it online? They're, they're kind of still branching over. Even though the tech growth in Boston is huge, the culture of Boston is still very in-person. So it's been um, a different start on the East Coast. I still have my West Coast clients, mm -hmm. startups and things. Because they're online. Because they're online. You see them anytime. <laughs> but as far as like meeting the new people or the other industry, um, structures here. There's a big medical community here. Um, so as far as meeting that, the online thing has um, been a little different for them. But a lot of people, once they have that experience online, they're like, I don't know what I was thinking. This is so much easier at my desk. Yeah. So, <laughs> and me coming down at the bottom to the lobby to get you or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, yeah, dealing with parking. You have a good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is dealing with the parking, especially in Boston. It's mm -hmm. not a joy. Uh-huh. So you do work both in person now and online. Yes. Mm -hmm. So Boston, I do get to host um, some frequent classes, um, workshops we can call them too, where it's a collective unit. 
or maybe in the actual business they have three or four different employees that they want to sort of send through the same thing and I see them in a group like setting which is very different than individual. Okay so you will um, connect with an actual business setting mm -hmm. and find out who if you can serve those employees. Yes, so I get to um, meet with them and sometimes it is they might have three or four different languages so then I'm kind of branching in what they each might need and to touch upon them. Um, the workshops are a little different because I never know who's going to be coming to that particular session. It could be a Spanish and French and German and Hungarian speaker and that's very different. So I have to kind of get uh, something that glazes over or spreads over all of them pretty smoothly knowing that yes a French speaker can do the je where maybe someone else can't and if I were talking about measure they've got that where someone else doesn't and there might be a little stopping ground or a little bit of boring segment for them but I kind of have to make it um, something that can be a, a crowd hit instead of just an individual specified target sound. Wow. Yeah, it's that's tough. a lot to keep in mind as a workshop leader. It is sort of a stinker, yeah. but I mean, I feel like <laughs> that's the challenge, right? In business owning is you, this is what people need and how do I get their needs met? And I have to think about it from both a science and background approach. And I think that's the challenge in any business, even if you're in auto repair, you know, you have to cater to all the different types of cars, domestic or international or whatever, and you just figure it out. That's a great metaphor. Got to do it. Business owning, hustle, 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 and do what you got to do, really. Mm -hmm. So what's, what do you feel is uh, going to be next for you? Where are you going to go? Ooh, going to go to move or with the business? Or, well, ah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the business, but it sounds like maybe there's something else. You I'm always <laughs> up for an adventure. I think that's the best part of my job is I get to experience so many different backgrounds, and I'm like, ooh, I want to do that. But as far as business goes, I definitely think um, I get to work with more executive level people currently. I get to work with the CEO, CTO, doctors, attorneys, presenters. I would say they're a different sort of level. My passion is helping all walks of life, all different types of people. So I'm currently working on, um, I can call it a program, kind of like a workshop, and something that's going to help more of the working class society the people that are doing the jobs that support the rest of us beautifully and they still need to be able to communicate whether it's a receptionist that answers a phone whether it, it is a mechanic that's trying to explain the problem in your car and the diagnostics I want to branch out to those people um, and have something that's functional for them that they have the time to do that they can't, they can't set aside one hour during their day to leave or to jump on the computer. They're probably working with like a 15 minute lunch break in many careers. So I want something that branches out to them. So that's kind of my next challenge. I started writing the program for that. Um, I'm definitely a big believer that we're kind of all spokes on a wheel. If one of the spokes is gone, doesn't matter if it's a custodian or an oncologist we're all equally as important and so I'd like to branch over in those areas that I don't currently work in. So this would be an online course that you would provide? I'd like it to be an online course. I think reality is that I may be, um, whether they come online and they're live might be a difficult venture. Maybe I can host office hours is kind of my goal mm -hmm. and that they get a video series or they get sort of a learning series that they can practice on 
and then two or three times maybe in the morning, a Saturday and like a random afternoon, I'd host office hours and if they had questions or difficulties on a sound for whatever segment they're on, they could pop in. And that way they still get that one-to-one -one correction, but they're getting real life stuff on their own, in their own time, after the kids are in bed or whatever the situation is. But I think it would glaze, it helps a lot of people, it doesn't matter their language or their career, if they're so busy, how are they going to work right. on it? How are they going to fit it in? Yeah. And yet, as you said, it makes such a difference in people's lives when they are understood and they feel they can express themselves clearly. Exactly. And I yeah. think it's also confidence, but yeah. in reality of their message yeah. being received. Wonderful. Well, this is a time that I love to ask people to pick a wild card and riff on it, what it means to your business or something in your personal life. All right. Ooh, I got kindness. I feel like this is my entire life. I feel like in getting to work with all different modalities or, or types of people, whether it's kids or geriatrics or the elderly, I think a lot of us are so quick to brush off another human. And to me, I feel like, I don't know, I think maybe my whole brain is empathy. Maybe that little segment of mine kind of took over. And I just feel for everybody. I feel for the person that wasn't able to cross the street in time. And now they have to wait until the next crosswalk. I feel worried about them. So I think kindness for me is you don't ever know what anyone's day or moment or life is like. And I try and keep that in mind in my personal life. If I'm going to Starbucks or if I'm going to dinner or if I'm meeting with the concierge who has to give me my mail or something, I have no idea what their life is like. I have no idea if something happened to their car or their sister or they um, won the lottery. I don't actually know. And so I think just taking that and just treating them with all humanity that I have is, is kindness. So both in my business, I think that's what benefits me a lot is that I'm very open-minded. I, I know that things happen in business. People have meetings that pop up and I'm flexible with my scheduling and we rearrange or people get sick. I have laryngitis once. I never believed in it before and it was real and so many things. I give out kindness and I, I like to receive it too. Right. And I would imagine that in helping people reduce their accents, it's a, the kindness that you bring gives them that sense of safety that they don't have to, you're not judging them, that they don't have to judge themselves. And they can bring up those hard topics. They yeah. have a lot of questions about what does this mean in American English culture. Yeah. And they're afraid to ask anyone else. And they can ask they can. you, because you're so kind. <laughs> <laughs> I try so hard to be well, not judgmental. You, but yeah. <laughs> so how can people find out about your work online? Ah, so I do have a website. It's astinova.com, so my company is Astinova. And how do you spell that? Ah, A-S-T-I-N-O-V-A, -A. Astinova. So it's my last name and then O-V-A attached. Um, I'm on Twitter, Astinova SLP. So SLP is speech language pathologist, so mm -hmm. I kind of kept that little gig. Um, also Facebook, I have my little, um, little realm that people can, most people message me, but you can post it on the board if you want to, but most people message me again, it's private. They're a little concerned about how it may go out into the internet, so mm -hmm. I, I don't blame them, but you can find me in any of those places or email too. Great, well thanks so much for coming on. I've really loved hearing about your work and wish you the best of luck. Thank you very much, Linda. This is fantastic and best of luck with your Hungarian speaking. Thank you. <laughs>
So my work as a coach is helping people feel relaxed and confident being seen and heard. And whether you're polishing a presentation, speaking in front of a live audience, or in front of the video camera, check out a free gift I have for you called the Fear to Fabulous Blueprint for Mastering the Inner Game of Speaking with Confidence. And you can get your copy at lindayugalow.com forward slash blueprint. And if you like this show, please come up the next, on the next episode of Women Inspired. Thank you for listening to Women Inspired. The show is recorded live in the studios of Bedford TV in Massachusetts. Music courtesy of Sheik Gamin. If you like this episode, please leave a review or comment. You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or watch all the TV episodes of Women Inspired with the show notes and links at www.lindayugalo.com forward slash TV. Thank you.